You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Now plug yourself in the ass. It's the time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. All right, so this is episode two of our Go Friend Yourself specials. Uh, I'm short a co-host as ever, but I have a guest returning to the uh, podcast airwaves, I suppose, of 9to5.cc, Scott Humphrey. Hi, everybody. Last time you were here, you were talking about LARPs, the series. Yeah. I think even before it hit the wildly successful success that it did. I know, but I don't think you guys – I think that when you guys (laughs) were on, had it been picked up yet by Geek Uh, and Sundry? I think, or you had just started? That is a grand question. Yeah. You know We did did two – I remember we did two different interviews a year apart – and I can't remember if I was the first or the second. Yeah, I feel exactly. like I was the first. Yeah, and if it was the first, I don't think you guys... Then we wouldn't that. have been picked up yeah, at that yeah, point, yeah. But that was... What a rocket ride. <laughs> no, it was a good time. It what was a, like what a, a crazy <laughs> thing. And now John Here moved to America and yeah. works for video games. John has a wonderful gig, <laughs> yeah, which is great. And you have a friend show. Ta-da! With another LARP salon. That's right. right. One of the other actors in the show, uh, Elizabeth Neal from yep. LARPs and other... Magical things from uh. here in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. So the show you have, uh, yes. Detective, The Dame, and The Devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, a noir. I was going to say film noir, but I guess a, a stage noir. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. There isn't really a category in the theater for right. what film noir does for film. You know what right. I mean? Right. I've seen I've seen some noir stuff hmm. on in Fringe and whatever, but it's still you're like when I was trying to think of it like outside of Fringe, it's not usually a, a genre that theater goes into. No, I think I, I was chatting with a few people about this the other day yeah. i feel like it's so it's such a specific genre that yeah. it's already a joke like it's all you can you can play a lot within it it's very serious mm-hmm. it's very melodramatic but it's yeah. already at a point of parody yeah do you know what i mean as a genre yeah, so pretty much when I, you I, yeah but i mean and i like i mean mm. I, don't, I don't obviously i'm not a super expert on it but i feel that even like the original New, like, because I mean, like, like the, the the source material I think for noir film mm-hmm. are like those like ten penny paperback <laughs> detective novels, which were still they were never intended to be like great literature. So there's like there's a bit of a schlock, I think, that even the first film noirs were like, yeah, our source material is a bit a bit schlock and like has that heavy handedness and like cliffhanger ending. Sure, the silver screen of Hollywood, right? Yeah, like yeah, those exactly. grand sweeping kind of melodramas yeah. and this the the, the actual like film noir itself kind of subverted that in yeah, a lot yeah, of ways yeah. by making it more intimate, fewer yeah. characters, less grandiose locations. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing, which so, is fun. So, I mean, were you a fan of noir to begin with or was this just like something you started writing and then it became noir? Yeah, or was so it like I was. I right. was and I always have been and again a lot for the melodrama, right. for those like really broad villains, and for those kind of <laughs> really really cool detectives, and yeah, you know yeah, for, yeah. for those archetypes and yeah, so on. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, all yeah. down on their luck. That's it's crazy. <laughs> it's just totally crazy. And how are they all down on their? Who? How do they afford the rent in yeah. their detective office? I so that's <laughs> within the first page I've had of a my case. script. <laughs> You're like, how are you here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why are the you lights on? Be evicted by now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I. Well, I don't address it in the first page of the script, but it comes up because yeah. it's a trope. It's a, it's there already. Yeah. Um, I started writing what became the opening monologue of the show as like a comedy bit, probably right. three years ago right. at this point, just to because I liked the idea of the detective who could narrate his own life, but he was aware of his own tropes, so he could kind of comment on the scene okay. as it was happening. And then I got to thinking as I was writing that, I got to thinking, well, what happens if the other characters in that story also get a chance? 
to narrate their own life and to comment on the action. Right. Well, all of a sudden you have the same mystery from another perspective. Yeah. yeah. That adds another layer. Then yeah. another one, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. which gets to be a lot. And then the, the, the opportunities for comedy within that are just absolutely extreme. Yeah. You know, you get to watch a scene again from another perspective. Yeah. Totally crazy. Well, that's it. Because, I mean, I think it can it, be. It, it's not necessarily inherent, but, I mean, like, the, the typical film noir mm-hmm. has the detective as the narrator. Right. And uh, you're like, there's nothing to say that he's reliable, you know? No, like, not, like, at like, not at all. Not at all. There's no indication that, like, every girl that walks through his door is actually a bombshell. He's just like, yeah. he's just, you just believe him. And wildly in love with him or <laughs> yeah, whatever exactly, it is. Exactly, you know? No, like, it's true. And, in fact, actually, again, like, that's, that's one of those things that I loved kind of exploring and subverting. Because... Yeah. You do. You kind of. You have to trust when you go to see theater. You got to trust what you can see, and you got to trust what people are telling you until proven wrong. Yeah. And I think, look, films that were made in the 1930s and 40s, (laughs) things have changed a lot since then, right? So, you got to. We got to be able to comment on that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But I'm having fun. That's the point. I think we could have have a little like a little bit of subversion, whatever. Like I'm Mm -hmm. like like there's. Like especially, especially say when you when you take a look at the tropes, whatever you're like that guy, that private detective is like, by all rights, a loser. You know, hundred <laughs> yep, <laughs> percent. Like, you're, like, you're like I said, he he's, he got kicked off the police squad, or he used to be in the army, and his wife left him, and he can can't pay the bills and all that stuff. All he's got is his but, work and the dream. Yeah, exactly. You know? But obviously the woman, you know, falls in love with him and he's a tall, dashing, handsome guy. But I'm like, he's probably not a tall, dashing... Like, that's what he thinks he is. Yeah. But he's probably, like, balding and a little overweight. And, like, who knows? You know, I'm, you know like, that guy... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... We have that image of, like, that sexy detective... But I was like, I feel that if I went to go try and pay a guy to, like, follow <laughs> someone, they would not be a super cool, super nope. slick dude. They'd probably be, like, a weird sketch ball, and you'd be That's like, it. weird. <laughs> that, nope, 100%. And part of that figures into, you know, when you're casting a show like this, yeah. you want to be able to have fun with and subvert those tropes as well, yeah. right? So uh, so I'm, I'm playing the detective in right. the show, but my two co-stars, the dame and the devil, mm-hmm. are both... I'm not going to say a head taller than me, but they're yeah. both like a good solid few inches taller than right. me, which makes for a lot of fun when we start getting into, you know, what height play you can kind of have yeah, between yeah, characters exactly. and stuff, relationships. Because, yeah. I mean, of course, you're the detective, so you're obviously over six foot. Right, exactly. You know, like... I mean, clearly. look at me. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> clearly, when you, walk in through, <laughs> when you walk in through the room, everybody's eyes turn, and it's like this tall dude comes in. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, uh, yeah. when, did you, when did you kind of... You said you started writing this opening monologue. When was that was a while ago because your 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 press release led me to believe that uh your little troop came together with not necessarily a, a clear goal in mind that's ri- right there in the press release well <laughs> i mean the only goal that we have as a group is to do uh, put this production on stage for the montreal fringe right i've been working on this show for like, like i was saying like as a writer i've probably been looking at it for about three years okay now i mean i am not Three si- intense consecutive years. Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Consecutive. Yeah. Well, yeah, that means I'm working 100% of every day on it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. not at all. It, yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm sitting, you know, I'll do a burst of work, I get a new draft out, have a reading, get a lot of great feedback, have a lot of parts that are kind of garbage, throw them out. Right. Sit on it for six months, come up with something new, work on mm-hmm. something different, you know? So that process was a very long one, but I'm so happy that I have so many friends who are willing to call me on my garbage, but also kind of poke and prod and say, this is good, this is good, keep that, push this further. Um, But then it got to a point where I said, you know, I think this production is, uh, or this, like, script is in a place where I'd be willing to produce it and be interested. Submitted to the Fringe, lottery, got in, amazing. 
uh, and now it's December 2016, right. and I got to get a team together. Right. So that kind of falls all in together at the same time <laughs> pretty quickly, and we start to get going on the nitty gritty of putting up cool. a show. Cool. Uh, so what's the, I mean, obviously, uh, we, we've always spent a bunch of time just talking about the, <laughs> the tropes and stuff mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of noir. So, I mean, without getting too much into it, we don't want to spoil a little bit. What is your, your basic your basic synopsis? Like, what is the detective, I guess, what's his case? Without spoiling too, too much. I, yeah, I, I, I'm always kind of tempted to give away a lot. Yeah, so no, I'm, gonna, I'm trying I'll not to. You. I'll stop you. I'll, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say the dame comes in. Right. Something's been stolen by her husband. Okay. That's all we know. Right. He's got to go find it or find the husband. Right. So he's got to, like, retrieve the stolen goods or track down the thief. The thief. Or the suspected thief. Exactly. I don't want to make too many suppositions. It's a detective story. But that's it. Um, (laughs) And I do feel good about telling people what I think is kind of the the premise of the show, which Mm -hmm. is that mystery from the perspective of all three characters. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna see kind of what the detective manages to come up with. Then we're gonna see whether the dame has more information for the audience. Right. And then we're gonna see if mystery other third character also has some the information. Devil. Yeah, I the mean, devil. I, I feel whoever whoever he is. the devil is. But I mean, <laughs> the the name of the character is in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other You're character, the devil. The third one, or that, or I guess the character that someone refers to as the devil might right. not be the actual devil. Entirely you know, possible. Could, might not even be a real devil. There's just so much mystery, <laughs> and mystery and comedy are very much alike. Right. Uh, I, w- I was going to ask you. I just, mm. I've, um, I just, just, just started reading the New York trilogy by Paul Astaire. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I read <laughs> a little bit, but so not it, too much. It, uh, it's just like it kind of takes a not not a not the same approach, but it's it does like a sort of absurdist detective novel. Mm. It's like a, a person who is a detective novelist. Who ends up being mistaken for the actual author of the book? Oh boy! Okay. It gets, it gets yeah. very, very, very absurd. But it's just sort of like it's one of those things where they, one of the things that they talk about that is that when you look at like a detective story or like a mystery, mm-hmm. you're like the reason that you read them is that like the best ones have the clues like sort of like scattered throughout, and when it ties together, it's not out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So like even if you like in this book, it kind of approaches it from a more absurd perspective. Right. And I guess obviously you're coming from a bit of a comedy angle too but is, yeah. was that like as a writer was that like a struggle to like you're like hang on this needs to come together in a way that like the clues were there or do you ha- or were you just like issue that for comedy you, <laughs> like, you know what yeah so, <laughs> you know, like, so I, I definitely i definitely hear that and uh, you know as someone who's read a lot of mystery as yeah. well like it is very exciting to get to the end and go oh oh and then you think of something from the first yeah, page yeah, and you yeah, go yeah. back etc but when i was trying to create this i felt like it would be a lot more fun instead of having clues early you know have motifs that we hear again later in a different context okay and i thought that would be um more fun for the audience unlike a novel it's not like we get to the end of the show and you know someone in the audience is like hey can you go back and play that scene again you You know what i mean can't flip a few pages back and that's it you know like it's not like but if we hear the same phrase multiple times Mm. it becomes a bit of a running joke it becomes a bit of a motif or we see the same scene but something wildly different is going on or whatever it is okay yeah i don't understand but it's just i can imagine it as as a writer you sort of like you do since you are writing a mystery Mm -hmm. you like because you want to have the art the the that's how you, I guess, engage your audience with the mystery. That's element. it. Yeah. I mean, because you're obviously not to say that the comedy is easier to write. <laughs> <laughs> might might be harder to write in lots of ways, but having that mystery is like a lot of 
like you said, I mean, I guess if you're doing it with motifs, you're leaving little threads here and there. That's it. To, to still tie everything together, which, I mean, I always I, – I, not to say I struggle with, but I'm like sometimes when you read a good mystery, you're like, whoa, like mm-hmm. this guy really put the time in to leaving those threads. Oh, be, yeah. Be, be them like the clues or motifs or whatever. Like I think the biggest clue for a lot of people should be that I have – I mean, there's myself and two other actors in the yeah. show – the poster is not, you know, 100% clear, but there's the three of us on it, or mm-hmm. illustrated versions thereof. Right. And at least one of us is not playing that person in the opening act, mm-hmm. <laughs> which should be a pretty big clue for the audience, like, that there's something more coming. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that was like, uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, you must have seen uh, the Sleuth, like, as a stage oh, oh, But I was like, I mm. remember uh, a, a version of Sleuth that I went to go see, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this happens at all of them and I've never thought to like look but it's just how they're in the uh, like, like the board where they put up the actors yeah. there were other actors that's it like which yeah, is like to, to I, which you, I yeah. was always like that's the best I was like because you're like as like you're basically just manipulating the audience because when they're referring to these other characters like you think they're gonna be there yeah. which I was like always just blew me away as an audience member I was like you're just sort of because if you only see the two people I mean there's only Spoilers to well, Sleuth. It was written like 40 years ago or whatever. Like, <laughs> there's only two. There's only two actors in Sleuth. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and it's like, That's it. Any character that comes in is either one or the other in disguise. Like, there's only two actors in Sleuth. So, but they talk about. The, but you, they like you can actually suspend that disbelief in the lobby, mm-hmm. like right. by having a board with like multiple actors yeah. and like multiple, and you have the the playbill or whatever that has like multiple bios of all these people who are not at all in the show. Which I I don't know. Like that kind of misdirection is. Uh, oh, so much fun! I yeah. saw. Um, a production of Peter Pan, of all things, right. actually, uh, at Stratford uh, yeah. a number of years ago. And the actor who was playing um, J.M. Barry, who was, like, narrating, right. essentially, was also Hook. Right. But it was impossible to tell right. until well, the curtain call, and they had a fake bio for one of those two characters. He's supposed essentially. to be Mr. Darling and Hook. Mr. Darling, sorry. Yeah, what yeah, did yeah. I say? I said, like, a narrator. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, no, you're right. You, that, that's actually, that's traditional. Like, that's, right. like a traditional mounting... And like I said, the best ones you can't tell. That's it. Like, and I, in fact, I guess I hadn't heard of that tradition before yeah, I went because yeah, yeah. I was blown away. And it's it was for children. And yeah. I was just there, like gleefully clapping <laughs> along with all the other kids. It was great. Yeah, I, I, there was the not the most recent one, but <laughs> one of the recent ones had it. Like, yeah. and I was like, oh, fun! Like, because cool. I was yeah. like, that's like a it's like the traditional casting of Peter mm-hmm. Pan has uh, Mr. Darling and Hook being the same person, which sure. I which I. Like, because it lends a little bit of the, like, maybe it was a dream right. situation. Right. Which is just, like, like completely out of the text, but it's something that you can only experience as the audience. Of you're like, hang on, was that the same second. person? Yeah. And were the kids just maybe dreaming? Was it all make-believe? And sure. you're like... Wizard of Oz style, yeah, too, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, I'm thinking of that one as well. Yeah, Wizard of Oz has the, the same... Right. Has the same thing. Like, all the, all the characters play the thing. Mm-hmm. So, very fun. Uh, so, Detective, Dame Devil, you open up... Thursday. Yeah, June the 8th, June the 10 8th, p.m. 10 o'clock, mm. venue 10, La Chapelle. Great venue. But super good. Very venue. exciting. Uh, and we usually close these off with asking you what other shows you're interested in, if any. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard At to see. At the Fringe? Yes. I've cracked the, I cracked the thing. Uh, the, uh, the thing. The uh, program. The program. Oh, if you can call it a program. It's like a newspaper. Anyway. It's and the A to Z. I was going <laughs> through and I was, there's so much there's exciting stuff happening. Anything jump out or? Um. 
Memento Mori is running off Fringe. That's right. Kaleidoscope Theater. Mm-hmm. I've worked with them a number of times, and ideally I'm speaking, if if Trevor makes it, we're going to have him on the show. Oh, great! <laughs> okay, well, tell him that I complimented him. And <laughs> I'll be like Scott was singing your praises. Oh boy! Yeah. Uh, you know what? There's I'm blanking on the name right now, but there's two shows by Snafu okay. Dance, uh, the the creators of and and of uh, Little Orange Man. Okay, from last year. So maybe um, we can look them up. In I the would have to. Snafu. That's terrible. I have okay. to. No, no, no. I like to but put anyway, people, yeah. put people on the spot, and it's okay if it's half incomplete. We all have the program. We can look up Snafu. That, exactly. <laughs> and there's just yeah, there's a lot of exciting. Oh, you know what? Um, the Monkey King gets a staff. Okay. Uh, also at La Chapelle okay. um, by Jingju Canada. They do Chinese opera. So they're doing like a, a comedy with Chinese opera choreography okay, wow. and music, which is going to be out of control. Mm. So exciting. This segment is basically where I just ask people to tell me what shows to go to. There you go. So, so, so like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I missed <laughs> that in the program. Like, It's hard. Like you said, like it's just like, I mean, obviously every art is kind of like you have your own show and it's hard to look mm-hmm. at everything else. And then you look at the program of like, Hundreds of shows, and then I mean, like we try to. Like, so you want to get out to some dance and some puppets yep, and some yep. comedy, oh, yeah. and then if you're like, not to say more adventurous, but if you're like a more adventurous angle listener, maybe you want to look at some French stuff, and then you're like, and that opens up an entire Whoa. other section. That's where you're it. like, oh, there's the French stuff, you know, like yeah, yeah there's so much to do. So thank you for coming out, Scott. Thank you, and uh, I look forward to checking out the detectives, not the detectives. No, the it's just Detective, the Dame, and the Devil. Triple D. There you go. Triple D. Thanks so much. Thank guys. you. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh, man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working, why should you?